Hi there, I'm Brady Bryan, and this is Brady's Corner. Uh, this podcast, um, I'm going to be showcasing business leaders from a variety of businesses um, that I've had the pleasure to meet with over the years and really showcase their challenges, um, talk about their industries, talk about their companies, as well as personal lives. Today, we have Steve McAdams. Steve, welcome to Brady's Corner. Um, you know, for those of us that don't know you, please share a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself. Well, thank you, Brady. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, this is actually pretty good timing for me. I just uh, made a significant career change. I was an engineering, worked for an engineering consulting firm, was an owner for about 30 years. And I decided to retire from engineering and focus more on the business side of, of how we got to where we were and in ways that I can help other firms in similar positions grow and, and achieve the success that they, they hope for. That's great. So you're, you're an engineer, you're a PE. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I started as a college intern actually for a little 30 person engineering firm. And, and 30 years later, I, I stepped down as the, the CFO of that firm and we've grown about 300 people during that time. And it's interesting. I, my, my career in the engineering side, I was responsible for doing utility master planning for large-scale colleges and universities all over the country. We, our clients were Harvard, Yale, University of Minnesota, University of Georgia, and we had to, to present utility solutions and funding requests to the, the boards of trustees, and we had about 15 minutes to, to justify $200 million in ex, an expense that was really non-revenue related. So we were heavily scrutinized by the financial people at, at, on, the, on the board. And I figured at some point I needed to learn their lingo or else we weren't gonna be successful at it. So I started learning how the financial side worked and after about 15 or 20 years doing that, I got interested in how our, the financial side of our company worked. And that became more of an interest to me than the engineering side. And because I realized that our company, like a lot of companies, the, the, the leaders and the board of directors, they're all technical based. There's, there's not a lot of financial or management people represented in that there was a gap. And I was fortunate enough to be able to fill that gap. And then in, in that process, I also realized that our biggest obstacle to growth was we didn't have engineers who had business skills to lead the company forward. So I pitched a, uh, an idea to the stockholders to, to start an leader, internal leadership training, teach engineers those skills. And, and 10 years later, we had eight new profit centers and doubled in revenue, and it was uh, a lot of fun. So I, I really enjoyed that side of it. I kind of got out of the engineering, and, and now I like to provide that system, assistance to other companies. That's great. <clears throat> I, I, I really like that story. Um, let me ask you this, um, you know, in, tell me about your journey, you know, as you started from an intern, you know, and then your first 10 years before you really, you know, you started pitching some of the, the boards of trustees and whatnot. Um, how did that growth go? And do you have any advice for young engineers that are starting out in industry? And um, what advice might you have for those folks? Yeah, for, for me, it was kind of the right place at the right time. And I started and in, in, in the, in the president of the company needed a kind of a gopher. And he was doing all the 
the heavy duty engineering utility planning work and I learned from him. So I would say you take advantage of whatever opportunity comes your way because that I didn't realize at the time I, I kind of thought I was just doing busy work, but uh, it turned out to be uh, a great learning experience in, and, and, and listen to people with more experience because there's a, there's a lot to learn from them. And if you soak it up, you, um, you can really build your own career. And one of the best le- lessons I learned from, from that founder was whenever he went into any meeting, he was always prepared. We had a meeting one day with, at the National Institutes of Health with the fire marshal. And he asked me the night before to, to get him all the NFPA, National Fire Protection Association codes, for these buildings. And I'm like, well, why do you need to do that? Cause the fire marshal is going to be there. And he says, well, I want to be able to speak on the same terms as the fire marshal. So he was excellent preparing and that. That's a great lesson to learn is always, always be prepared. Even if you're not going to be the expert in the room, be able to talk with the expert. That's great advice. Let me ask you this. So, you know, I know you and I've had a lot of conversations over the, the last year or two about the impact of COVID and engineering and um, the wrinkles that that brings and what, what really we can expect in the engineering industry over the next 12 to 18 months. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I do. So it's interesting, right before I left, I, I was attending a lot of conferences and the things that what the, the challenge I couldn't figure out was I kept hearing people say, our team works from home and they're 15, 16% more productive. And, and I kept asking people, so how do you, how do you measure this productivity? And I couldn't get a real strong answer from that, but it was just, I feel like people working from home were more productive. And, and one of the things our leadership struggled with was the next generation wanted that flexibility. And I feel like COVID thrust that into our industry and in some ways that can be considered a good thing because I think that is a great opportunity to, to develop our industry further and have that, that opportunity for remote working. Um, so I, I think that is one thing that our hand was forced and engineering industry is, is slow to change. So that was kind of a pushed us in that direction. But as far as the industry goes, from what I'm understanding it, and we kind of lag a little bit, the rest of the markets, so we didn't really see, at least the people I know there's, that are in that, that field didn't really see an impact last year, but they're starting to feel it the first quarter and second quarter of this year. And depending on how fast things can recover, that's how fast we can get over that blip. Uh, I do know right now, an excellent sign is, I just, I just spoke with a, a couple of uh, executive vice president. He can't hire people. He cannot get people he cannot find people to hire. And that's, that's always a good sign for us because as you know, you know, people are, are, are uh, production machines and, and when they're in demand, that means the industry's growing. Right. Um, let me ask you this, and maybe we should, um, is, is, I think it's appropriate to go into shameless plug about uh, Bake 21. Sure. Um, so August 12th and 13th, um, you're, you're going to be there, Steve, you're going to be presenting on um, um, actually two different courses, right? Um, just one initially, yeah. Just one initially. Um, the Brain Architecture Engineering Construction Conference uh, here in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand, uh, MGM Grand at www.baecsummit.com. We'll 
uh, include that information. <clears throat> Steve, uh, would you talk about a little bit what you plan on presenting? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to take the experience I had over those 10 years of, of developing, helping engineers develop into more business leaders and the plan that the strategic plans that we developed through that process, that's what I'm going to share with the audience. And, and hopefully that'll help other people bridge that gap from technical to financial. If, if, if they're them, if they're individually or if the company's struggling to kind of make that leap into being a, a more business focused uh, type, type entity that uh, hopefully that's something that, that they can learn from, from that experience. And, and really I, I'm looking forward to it because it, it's a conference that, that, that the industry really needs. It's a way to, to open up dialogue and have really good conversations. And that's how companies grow is, is you learn a little bit from, from each different person and you, and you formulate that together and, and, and you use that to leverage your organization. And, and I think that's what the, the conference is about. And I'm, I'm excited to be there and be part of it. That's great. Me too. It's, it's going to be awesome. You know, um, a part of your presentation though does touch on growth via, you know, maybe new locations new disciplines and things like that that engineering firms are, are anticipating right now. You know, we, we hear, um, you know, obviously the, the big shiny things is, you know, the M&A bonanza that's, that's maybe already upon us and we're about to happen. Um, but not a lot of folks think about, you know, organic growth. Maybe that's not as attractive to talk about. And that's going to be one of the things you're talking about, right? So. Right. It's really about if you want to open a new office, and, and, you're, and you don't know where to start, this gives you a nice roadmap. And there's a part of it that says, that, that explains the comparison between should you buy an office in a, in a very uh, existing office in a city that you want to be in? What, how do you compare those financially, those two opportunities financially and select the one that's really best for the owners of the organization and has the greatest chance to succeed and, and uh, we'll be talking about a roadmap and, and what factors and components go into making those decisions. And, and really, it's, it, it's how to ensure, do the best you can to ensure success and, and uh, a sustainable growth in that office. And it's, um, I think it should be pretty good discussion topics. And like I said, it's been, it's been built from trial and error over the last 10 years and there's a lot of lessons learned. And, and I, I think, uh, I think it'll come across pretty good. And, and one of the things about it is, um, this is how, this is kind of how you and I met. Um, first time I met you, you were able to uh, provide a five minute explanation of how the tax code worked. And I thought, wow, you know, someone else understands that how to get to the 80-20, leverage the 80-20 principle to get to the important things to really help someone. And that's, that, at that point, I thought we were kind of kindred spirits and and I think that, that together, that, that's kind of how we want to you know, present a lot of this information moving forward, just to, to cut out the fluff and, and, and present the key points that really help organizations. Do you have anything that you can give us, any, any previews on maybe some top, top factors and determining you know, whether somebody, you know, should a civil engineering firm acquire structural capacity? Um, or MEP capacity, or vice versa, um, or you know, also factors in determining new locations. What are some, can you give us uh, any any previews on that? Sure. Well, as far as 
uh, mergers and acquisitions go, I, I can talk for a while about that, but there's also another great uh, talk at that same conference. If, it, if people have interest in knowing some of the, the, the nitty gritty details of it, that talk can be very valuable to them. But as far as some, some tips about uh, opening offices in new locations, it's a, having a, a strategic plan that includes a, a, a marketing plan, a staffing and a financial model. That's all very important for implementation. But really, the, the, what makes it work is, is the strategy. And that is if you're going to start, if you're going to branch out, you want to make sure that branch has the same alignment corporately, same mission, vision, core values, same culture as your, as your corporate office, whether you're buying it or whether you're starting it. Otherwise, if that alignment's not there, at some point within the first two or three years, there's going to be a, a, a rift in the leadership. And I've seen this with a lot of the com- with some of the companies we've acquired that it wasn't wasn't the right alignment on leadership, and we wound up changing out the leader within two or three years just because they weren't on the same we weren't on the same page. And I think when you when it comes to either buying or opening an office, alignment and having the right fit is is, is critical. And if you're looking at purchasing, shop around, shop around, kick tires, make sure that the people that you're bringing on. Are the right are the good pe- are the right people to to mix with you? Any thoughts on you know you've you've done this a long time you know when you're evaluating people what are some of the things you look for and and maybe a new leader that that you're you're organically building a location? Well, so so in our leadership training we had a couple qualifications and and one was they had to be accomplished as a manager and we also had pro- internal project manager training that would help them through that process. So they had to have some basic management skills. They also had to have an opportunity to grow. So it's something within an office or a, a, a different discipline and just the willingness and desire to make that work is, is, is necessary. And, and then we can help with the skills and the process, but they have, to, they have to have the passion. And that was one thing that all our candidates had in common was, was a passion to grow and, and be a good leader. They wanted to be a good leader and that uh, really went a long way to the, to the process. And I'll, I'll be honest, we, we put 24 people through the program and they're all great people, but not all of them, not all of them turned out to be uh, the leaders were wanting to be the right leader for an office. And, and we were probably 80% of them turned into leaders and um, 20% just had a, have a good career, but that's not their, that's not their role. Hey, Steve, thank you so much for joining us again today. You know, for the folks that want to learn a little bit more from you or, or would like to reach out to you, how can they contact you? Sure. Yeah, it's my pleasure for being here. Uh, thanks for inviting me. You can, you can reach out to me. Um, you can get me through LinkedIn or you can email me directly at steve at semplanning.com. Uh, if you just want to talk about the industry, if you need help with something, I've uh, I got lots of time and, and happy to, to to meet or talk with anyone. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Steve. And then, you know, of course, if you'd like to reach me, you can reach out to me. Um, of course, you can follow me on LinkedIn, um, connect with me. And um, you can also email me at Brady at brain.com. And uh, appreciate everybody for joining us today at Brady's Corner. And uh, look forward to connecting with you on LinkedIn.